Good afternoon and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. This is episode 45 and the first one in 2020. And Al Deval, do I pronounce you? De- yeah, Al Karim Devani. Ah, Devani. So I was going to say Deval. Al, sorry about that. You know, look, I just uh, I wanted to uh, introduce you better than that. But Round Square is your company. Yeah. And for the benefit of the 17 listeners, the reason there are 17, it used to be five, but iHeartRadio just recently uh, added me to their network. So oh, awesome. I think there's 15 in Toronto now. But anyway, uh, literally, we're out here in Altador Community of Calgary and Round Square. Al, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you started. Yeah, so um, Al Devaney, obviously, um, been running Round Square now for roughly almost four years. Uh, started development and got my real estate license actually when I was 18, right out of high school. And so I was a realtor for almost a full decade. So this is, you are in real estate. This is Yeah, real. We're, we're a real estate <laughs> development company um, building primarily only in established communities. So inner city, mixed use, multifamily. Um, right. It's kind of what our project scope is. And so mandate is trying to figure out how to get people tighter and building more sustainably to inside within these communities so i mean if i take the boardwalk the multi-family residential that's your yeah. niche or? yeah i think we're, we're a bit different um i don't mean to put it on boardwalk no, but yeah, i used to work yeah, for yeah. them years ago yeah, yeah i know i know sam and them, they do great obviously yeah. great work they're they're a staple um uh we're we're uh yeah a mixed use multi-family so uh high into actually place making is how do we create places where people want to be spend time and how do we build sustainable communities and so uh moving forward 2024 all of our stuff is purpose-built rental and we're actually launching a new tech platform you were talking about SaaS. Uh, and it all has to do with prop tech. And so how do we nice. figure out how to get people more engaged within the communities that they live in? So, pro- I mean, Properly was one. You probably heard of Properly. Mm-hmm. I think they raised 20, 25 million recently and they're Calgary. I, I, don't, I didn't understand it because it's Toronto, but Calgary was their test market. Yeah. I don't know if they're here or there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think one of the things that we've always talked about is, you know, we started with building homes. And so you start with a home. Yeah. Um, we went all the way to building $3 million homes in the community of Britannia. My brother used to build, who's also my partner. Britannia here in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. Oh, He's also cute. co-founder. He was doing stuff way out in Alba Valley. And so we were building these $3 million homes. And then the market starts to dip. And how sure. many people are buying $3 million homes anymore? And then also, I think for us, is like, what is our purpose? Like, what do we really want to do? And yeah. we started, it was like, oh, we just want to, we want to do something. So we want to build homes, be in real estate. And then you start to get a little bit more specific with your time as you get older in terms of like impact. Like, who am I helping by building a $3 million home or a million and a half? One family, perhaps, or a couple yeah, of people. totally. Yeah. And so as we continue to chart down that road, and I think, you know, everyone talks about this, but how do we actually help build a better city? And one of the things that I tell you that I love is like, I love being connected to these small businesses. And I right. love living within close to my, the downtown core. And I love using the line bikes and I love taking transit and I love riding my bike. And so like, how do we figure out how we can build more sustainably as a city, stop the growth on the peripherals and try to figure out how to grow better and more sustainably. Wow. So uh, I want this. You hit on so many threads there. the SAS, yeah. the tech, prop tech, yeah, yeah. Lime. Uh, the Lime thing is literally hit me. I mean, it hit, apparently there was a big issue and I, I just want to talk as a sidebar yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're like everywhere. Yeah. And then there's a big knock on them as they read like, Communities are saying, "Well, we don't want them. They're putting legislation where you can leave the line bike." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the same thing in Santa Monica. Like, I remember we were in Venice, and so like as soon as you hit Santa Monica, they go off, and so it's like, oh right, you're you're, like trying to like 
cross this path that lime lime scooters are technically so literally like the like just the, this like one path of the boardwalk that yeah. Santa Monica didn't want lime scooters in that you have to try so they to put some them. kind of a magnetic thing to stop it from yeah and I mean I, I think there's policies and mechanisms that can be put in place for all yeah. that but if you look at the actual metrics of how many people chose to take a scooter versus drive or ride an Uber or take a car that's the impact that we're talking about. But that, that speaks to your like, community. When you said that, it's literally the community. You sh- it's a shared service, shared ride, ride share. Totally. But you, you probably know the people that are riding as, you, as the community itself. Yeah. So if you've got a little community of... And I, I look, take the Altador. Yeah. Altador, for me, when I grew up, in, it, was, it was not a community you'd want to live in. Mm. And now you drive around and I'm, fl- I'm just fascinated by the, 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 the growth. And I don't, know, I don't mean growth as in... This massive uh, developments. It's just nice, quaint homes, and you come and they catch your eye. Yeah, I know. Sure. Do, do you have a hand of that, or was yeah? It, well, so it's funny, <laughs> some like, of the bit homes I, here. I've been in Altador now, like in developing in Altador for over fifteen years. And when we first came in and proposed infill, it was like definitely not okay, right? Yeah. Because you're dealing with people who've been here who built those homes. Like I remember the yeah. one neighbor of mine built his 50s, home. 60s. 1960s, like came back from the war, built this home. Yeah. And I ripped down his neighbor's ho- Joe's house beside him to build these infills and it was threatening. And it's funny because the evolution has always continued. And now, you know, you drive down 33rd and we're talking about 550 to 750 units uh, just alone on 33rd right. Avenue. Right. And we're, we're contributing to that. And, you know, for, for some that don't. So that's a build up. That's a build up. We're doing yeah. six stories, mixed use. But the, the reality is, is the best communities in North America are those that evolve. They're not the ones that technically stay stagnant. So if you have stagnant communities that have outwardly people who leave because there's nothing happening, yeah. businesses can't afford to stay there, population isn't growing. Well, that, that, that to me doesn't make sense. And then when we talk about like, where, where do we want people to live? And, and do we want them using existing infrastructure? So for example, every time I build a six-story building within an established community, yeah. I'm paying for existing infrastructure to be upgraded out of my own You're talking about plumbing or the pipe into the sewage. All, all, all of the actual utility services, yeah. we're upgrading that on our right. own time. And it's existing. And guess what? You don't have to build a new fire station or a new emergency call because I'm not asking. There's no new roads. What about, I mean, the, what about the electrical as well? Because the... the Presumably so we're upgrading all of our infrastructure is what I'm saying. Yeah. Versus when, you know, we go 45 minutes outside of Calgary, we're building a new community. There's no roads. There's no transit. It's not no, there. So we have to make that investment and then people need to come in behind and pay their taxes. And right. So one of the conversations I tell people is like, listen, every dollar, every resident that we bring into this city core off existing infrastructure right. is a positive tax dollar. And so one of the things that we keep hearing about is how our property taxes are getting insane. Yes, I heard so, of it. So what, what are we doing as a city to encourage people and developers and people to say, well, actually, the more that we encourage people to live within our inner city communities... Yeah. The more property tax money that is actually a return. So the dollar is working. So that property tax dollar is working because it's already there. Yep. There's already been taxing something in the community or in the, in the area versus, and this is probably to your point of the capex, the capital expenditure to build the roads, to build the, the plumbing or the plumbing, but the sewage Correct. and the fire and, and, and health and, and all that. And it's not like, I, you know, I'm really simplifying this. It's yeah. like this. It's this and this because the reality is, is to live in the inner city right now is, is not affordable. Like, the reason why people are choosing to live in the suburbs is because it's $350,000. Well, you can't live in Altador for $350,000. No. This area, I mean, this area, is, it's it's congested. If I take Marta Loop, yeah, sure. and it's growing, it's beautiful. Like, the buildings along there, yeah. the, the the offices. And yeah. it's like, it's a completely changed from the old, other than original Joe's, which is yeah. just back there. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, we, we have to do a better job of preparing for those things. So one of the things that I talk about is like, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be trying to protect density and heights. We should be trying to fight for housing affordability. Right. So as a developer, it's like we should mandate developers to include a certain amount of affordability rather than say, oh, well, no, that's too high or too tall or too much shadow or too much traffic. Like traffic is something we hear. It's all. busy there. It is busy down sure. in that area. And, and we'll continue to hear that. But the reality is, is like. Toronto only chooses to take vehicles off the road because it is too busy. So right. you have a choice. And the choice is, am I okay to commute in a car, in a vehicle, to pay you know, whatever it is, right. and sit in my car for an hour and 45 minutes, or do I take transit? Yeah. And until that inconvenience is really, really across your threshold, transit will always be... The, the secondary, the same. Well, I mean, to your point, if you look at London, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know when they introduced the congestion charge. You yeah. cannot go. There's a boundary. You get a ticket and all, and it, it just and it literally is part of their. It's part of their the, the tax base. It's a real part of their. It's sustainable, and people don't go in yeah. to the center of the park outs. I don't know where that, that threshold is. I was in San Francisco. I spoke at Berkeley. I had to catch my flight back. Uh, I had to be at the airport for seven. I left at five, four thirty. It took me an hour to get into the toll bridge into San Francisco. Right. Because they're charging every single person who's coming in. So there's a huge queue for that. And I'm like, I should have just not rented a car and took the train. Because <laughs> it would have been. But is, there, is there a train to San Francisco there Airport? Is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Okay. And so it's like, it, it's building smarter cities. And I think we as a developer have obligations to be a part of that discussion. And, that, and that's all I'm asking. I'm not saying like, let's never build a suburb. I get of housing affordability. I get that market absorption yeah. has to happen in certain places. And we need to grow. We have a certain amount of migration. I understand all those things. The reality is, is how do we do better than what we're doing? And how do we have a balance? There's this target that a lot of people in Calgary don't know about. It's called the municipal, the municipal development plan. It's a target that... By 20, I'm going to botch it, 2050, we want to be 50-50 in terms of our growth. 50% right. of people living in new communities, 50% in repurposed or re... I mean, today, let's, let's, stick, let's, let's jump back a bit on this one then because, or maybe stay together, but this repurposing real estate and the idea, and, it, and you and I talked a bit about Gary Vaynerchuk and he talks literally, and some of the ideas that, that there are people are doing in the U.S. mostly mm-hmm. They really can help with, and I, I talked, to, I, I didn't talk to you about this, but Calgary Economic Development, yeah. Mary Moran, I met, there was a uh, conference, she presented quickly, and this is what Calgary's doing, and the, a lot of the questions came, whoa, what about real estate? And you mentioned property taxes going up, and who's, what, are we gonna, what are you going to do, Calgary, in a sense, to, re, to get those uh, the tenants back in, the vacancies, or whatever you want to call it. And it's literally, my thing is, wow, there's an opportunity to repurpose some of that commercial real estate uh, perhaps even residential real estate to find alternate uses. I mean, yeah. do you have thoughts on that? I, yeah, it's funny. CED's been doing a great job for for you know what they've had to do and try to accomplish. Like kudos to them and yeah. the municipal level for building that organization for us to have a voice because I think it's critical. I think the reality is is again talking about responsibility. Like as a developer, I feel like I have an onus and a responsibility to figure out how my city builds better. And so yeah. my city doesn't necessarily build better by me building. Um, 150,000 square foot new kind of office campus 45 minutes away right, right. when we have in, existing infrastructure feet of, of existing inventory that's empty in downtown and so one of the things like I've had the opportunity to meet with a few of these tech companies who have knocked on our door because they've seen some of our architecture our building yeah. and they've been like hey like do you, guys, do you have a new office and I'm like listen guys like 
we should be building a new office. Like if you guys are coming to live here as Calgary, I like it. I like let's it. Let's figure out how to repurpose these buildings, and I'll come with you. Like there's owners of buildings who don't know what to do, but I'm like, let's go together and tell them what to do because yeah. that to me is better than me trying to supplement and build you a campus in Altador because people think it's cool to live near these coffee shops. Like, yeah, I would do that, <laughs> but we also... It is that. You do have a nice coffee shop outside. Yeah, outside totally. there. Yeah, yeah. It's now as soon as you come, but, but you know, that, that, that's, I think that's that entrepreneurial side because you've been an entrepreneur for literally... Since you started being a real estate a realtor, whole life, yeah. As even as a kid, I was I was always doing things to, to try to make a dollar, and I mean, it was we learned that lesson really young because my parents were immigrants. We came with nothing, yeah, and so we never we never had anything given to us. Everything's earned. So, I mean, to help go to the tech side because you've mentioned tech, yeah. And, and is it something you see as changed over the last... I mean, do you see that as that's changed in Calgary at yeah, all? Yeah, tech, tech... I'll talk about tech and real estate because I think yeah. the one thing that I think is really interesting is the fact that we're not all like waiting for us to be completely rattled in so many different elements in real estate because it hasn't happened yet. Like you think about the buying and selling of homes. Like there's so many mundane little things that are going to absolutely shake and rattle this entire sector. And so like if we don't get in front of this, we as an organization... like. That's all, that's all I talk about every single day is like, listen, we're just waiting for this to happen. The only rattle in my mind from a tech perspective that's happened in the real estate has been secondary. Airbnb, hospitality has yeah. now started to affect real estate, but it was a subsidiary effect. It didn't come in here as like, we're going to go in and, and you know, we're going to cause disruption in real estate. They wanted to cause disruption in hospitality and they And they've done it. And they've done it. Totally. Like it's changed. So the question is, it's like, what is going to disrupt the way that you and me live every single day as, as an actual human being who lives in my place? How do we, how do we, and that's what we're after. How do we figure out how to disrupt the way that we live on an everyday basis yeah. and in a positive way? And I think we do have that. We have that coming. It, it, you know, it, it's hard to you know, envision any of it. People use a device. And I, I'd speak to the iPhone that's sitting here for this recording this podcast. But it's just the everyday thing. So I see the changes and I, I look at it from the bird's eye view, the 24,000 I see. It's moving very rapidly. Totally. And at the same time, I look to my neighbor or I look and, and I look to some property developer, people in real estate. Yeah, but those don't work for here. We've got this. It doesn't necessarily work here. Yet it's still moving very rapidly, very quickly. And so I, the inflection point, I don't know where that inflection point is. I wish I could predict, I could be a predictor. But one thing, when you mentioned SaaS or when you mentioned tech, the common theme I've heard in so far in the, the 44 podcasts that pre, uh, preface this one is lack of talent. Mm-hmm. We need to bring in talent mm-hmm. to develop. And you need developers. How do you see that playing out for you uh, to build your tech yeah. element? I think, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head off of this, off of the cast is when you talked about it takes you two seconds to find a developer online. We don't, we are now connected globally. Yeah. And so the question is, is I, I as, a, as in terms of what, what I would go after building my technology, do I need to do that here right now locally to find a talent? I don't think I do. I think we can work with other consultants Brilliant. people to get it done. However, I think the reality is, is if we want to be a technology city and we want to be the hub of that, it starts at the ground. How are we educating our kids? Like, how are we bringing them in and through what kind of systems? And then what are their qualifications? And then if I was in the oil and gas sector, like we talked about earlier, 
What, how do I, just, I, I? I spent 20 years yeah. working as a oil waiting, and then literally, oh, the oil prices will come back, and, yeah. and they did. Yeah, yeah. But now they're not. Yeah, because there's a ton of people that are tech, tech savvy that are that could actually just probably change their skill set, even a tweak, and probably would be the employee force that we have ready that have the capacity, the, the knowledge, the skill right. set, and the capacity to do that. And so I think you know again shooting off the top of my mouth. There, there's probably a business model for someone to say, you know what, everyone in oil and gas that has this certain skill set or this, come to me and I'm going to teach you how to turn that into this. Because yeah. they've already been through a rigor, a process to get what they have. To get the, the certification. I mean, two, two quick examples. David Allwright over at Bull Valley College, one of my, one of my previous uh, interviewers, he literally said, people are doing micro certifications one to two years yeah. and retooling and they're, out in the work. they're going from oil and gas yes. to, here, to yes. whatever. That's great. The second was Mike McCara. He's a geologist, went overseas, worked in oil and gas, came back to Calgary, oil prices tanked, and now he's in your, he's not, I don't know if he's a competitor, but real office 360. Yeah. Mike McCara's got that. So that's a tech. Yeah. He's taking it from a geologist to learning the, he's not tech himself, but he's bringing tech, he's employing tech people. So, look, this is, this is a fascinating area and, and real estate, I look around and you've got, You've got I don't know wall yeah. wall coverings and and floor pl- like yeah. that to me right away you know flooring so divine flooring yeah, yeah, these are some of your contractors mm-hmm. yeah but so those are that traditional business mo- people yeah. your contractors yeah and the reason I wanted to bring this up because building the house yeah. there's always that supply there's the supply chain there's yeah. the work fronts For the sure. design and and I'm gonna go on my time in Qatar three things are always wrong lack of work fronts. Lack of design and supply and and, and uh, spare parts. Yeah. I don't know if it's for you, but on a smaller scale, I'm still thinking. You've got you've got electrical, you've got plumbing, you've got heating, whatever. Yeah. Do you find that here in Calgary with that kind of supply? Because if building boom and your your contractors are tough, when it's down, suddenly now you have a lot available. I mean, yeah. You know what's funny is like everyone tried very hard and so did we to differentiate ourselves in what I think is a commodity in terms of what is the asset like you and me can both go build this 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 table, table yeah. this chair this building the reality is is that's not what it's going to set us apart anymore it's not the ability to perform and build a building what's really going to set us apart is how we actually take shape perform culture program that building that's the future is in how people connect and so we can talk about technology all we want but the reality is is the one thing that we're all going to crave as humans is connectivity yeah and so how are we going to bring that back and so you think about it like you never have to leave your house ever again you can have amazon come to your door your food can come to your door your (laughs) entertainment is on all the five streaming platforms and so when people talk about social isolation being a real problem it's it's actually probably one of the biggest because it's reducing people's ability to leave their homes and the funny thing is like everyone's like oh yeah the boomers and the millennials they're just so far apart yeah two different needs it's like actually no they're not they're after the core same things and suffering from many of the core same problems because how far technology has moved and so as a developer, I'm yeah. not a developer of buildings. Like I'm really a developer of life and how you the user experience. That, yeah. This comes to user experience, it, the, the consumer UX. experience, the UI, yeah. UI, the UX, the UI, the yeah. user interface. You know, it's funny. You, you just triggered my mind. Where it was Justin Bobier from Crystal Creek Homes, and I said, "Remember the old days?" Because he built homes, yeah. and like you guys, yeah, you, had, you come in, your buddy's got. Or your friends have this massive sound system and it's a wire, you know, literally it's a wire, uh, wired up home. Yeah. And today it's 
it's all connected. All yeah. Right. And you, <laughs> funny enough, the first, this is the first project and I had to like, I had to ask a few people to make sure I wasn't out of my mind, but we've been roughing in central vac for like the last like <laughs> seven years. And I just like took a poll in the office. I'm like, does anybody in here use central vac? And it's like, no. Sorry, I do. In the sure. home I'm renting, Great. the home I'm renting, yeah. it, literally yeah. it's 20 year old home. Great. Yeah. And this was my daughter's like, what is that? Because, you know, those robotic ones are great. Dyson, and it's like... Or the Dyson, yeah. yeah. And, and so, and the reality is, is like, what percent <laughs> of people are not hiring a cleaning service to do these things anymore? Like, I bet you that has climbed substantially. And so, you're right. The real estate industry in general is, is, is kind of the old boys club, as bad as I say this. It it's the old way to asset. And it's the oldest money. Like, you think about real estate people who invested in real estate typically and in, in sheer volume yeah. believed in owning assets. They believed in the tech. And they made the money. And the, the real estate has and been it, very profitable for a lot of people over time. And it will continue to be. And I think yeah. the reality is, though, is like there is things coming. Boardwalk, for example, is a prime example. They are on the forefront of of a tremendous amount of change, right? So a company that owns a ton of the older purpose-built yeah. rental assets yeah. Is now going to see thousands of new units coming to market in the purpose-built rental. Like the six, like you were talking about the six-story walk-up or, 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 or yeah, rent renters and you think about it, like high-rises downtown. Like how many how many high-rises are there now, which are all purpose-built rental? This is the first time we've seen the sheer volume of purpose-built rental. And so now, if you own you know amazing locations, yeah. but dated assets, what are you going to do? So yeah, the capex costs are going to be enormous, but. And I'm going back to my time in the Middle East. The biggest thing, and, and I think that they've got, it was office, hotel, and I don't know again, I don't know if that model would work here, but office, hotel, and apartments. So you literally, you'd come up and you're thinking, well, even the, the Dubai Tower, the Burj Khalifa, yeah. it's, it's a multi-purpose. Yeah. It's got all that and shopping and shops. But, but you break that down and that's an ecosystem. So what you've done is you've, you've basically brought together a bunch of different needs, a bunch of different people who all, all are interconnected. And so, yes, I'm not, I'm no longer just building a tower of residential yeah. because it doesn't suit the needs of an ecosystem. And, and this is it's the reality. Amazing. It's like if, if I brought 500 units into Altador of residential and said, hey, I'm just going to build this 500 purpose-built residential tower, I would have a hard time trying to justify to the community why that's warranted. And that's part of the conversation right, as right. a developer. It's like, I want to know what I can give back to these communities that we're building in because we're really? here forever. We own these assets. I need yeah. Altador to be vibrant forever. So as much as people say we're ruining the community sometimes with the density changes, it's like, no, we're not. I'm as invested, if not more than you are because you own your home and, and you want your home it's to... It's in your interest to have people around or traffic. Yeah, and you, get... want, you want your home to retain value. Well, I want my building to retain value. Let's work together to understand what that's... And come up with solutions. Yeah, and, and so part of it is... Better streetscapes, better sidewalks, better pedestrian realms, better bike lanes, better trees. And so focusing the conversations on what are the everyday impacts of the human scale and the person who has to experience that. Right. Look, Al, I, I, I'm cognizant of your time, and I think that you, is that your daughter? Though? It is. Your yeah, daughter walked yeah. by. Hi. Yeah. I, I know that look. Yeah, I know yeah. that look. Yeah. So, look, just to hit this home, you know, what do you see is going to be key? And you can bring it into Round Square yeah. um, or Calgary as a whole, but what do you think is like one or two things that are going to impact this yeah. business going so forward? I haven't got to talk about, like, what, again, just really touching on <laughs> our, our, our tech perspective is we're, we're introducing something called Round Square Life. And Round Square Life is all about. Your experience is not inside your home. Your home is your base, and yeah. our whole idea is how do we after you leave that front door? Yeah, how do we include experiences 
included in your life. And so I want you to be a member at yoga, at the coffee shop, I want you to go to beer here. I want, you, I want to be able to help provide success to that business included in your rate so you know that, okay, well, you know Brilliant. what? This beer is included in my rent and I'm going to go there for that beer and I'm going to go back because well, that's interesting. they're a partner with wow. Square, and now we have this ecosystem where that business has every interest for us to succeed because I'm building this customer base for them and so our whole app, our whole tech platform is about connectivity. It's about bringing people together and creating successful partnerships with small So more going beyond the, the, the four square, remember yeah. where you are, yeah, yeah. and it's literally, you are there, yeah. and we are you. We are yeah, together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So living, round square living. 100%. It's all, about, it's all about the life and how we connect. And so that that's our future. I think this city is a tremendous city. It's a resilient city. We've been through so much. We know the ebbs and flows probably yeah. better than so many different places. And one of the realities is Calgary is still a tremendous place to live. It's incredibly safe. It's incredibly progressive. We have people here that are willing to put in the work. And I, like, I can't imagine, like, you're in the mountains in 45 minutes. Like, we were, literally, we did our Banff. Yeah. We brought in a, 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 my daughter's friend from Wales. Yeah. And, yeah, locationally, we still have so many great things going for us. And like one of the things I heard today at a ULI conference is like, we're rated number one, I think, or top three, sorry, of like climate change risks. Like we have the lowest, so companies are starting to be like, oh, like what are the risks of earthquakes, fires, all the things right, that are going right. wrong. And it's so, I don't know, I just I just love the city. Born and raised, lived here my whole life. I have never left. And so, yeah, I'm an optimist and I think, I think it's going to be great. Al, I really, really appreciate your time today. And this has been... I learned first of all I didn't know what round square was coming in. It's yeah. it's more than just a square, a round yeah, yeah. square. It's, it's not really a square. It's it's, it's put together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah.